The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We would not like to thank the Academy. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Aside from the Oscar statue itself, one of the most iconic elements of the famed Academy Awards is the envelope, the super confidential, sealed 6-by-9-inch booklet that conceals the year's categoric winners. Since 1941, the contents of said envelope has been a closely held secret, meticulously tabulated and guarded by consultants until seconds before their official announcement at the ceremony. That's all stuff you know. But the reason that this high-profile process occurs... Maybe it's something you don't know. In fact, it has something to do with leaked winners, headstrong actors, unions, and the power of ritual, one that's followed to the letter for over 80 years. Let's talk about Betty Davis, the LA Times, and the Oscars tabulation ritual of the long-enduring Academy Awards. The year was 1940, and back then, the Academy Awards gave the Los Angeles Times a list of the winners in advance of the ceremonies to promote the event after it occurred. Unfortunately, in the 8.45 p.m. edition of the Night of the Awards Ceremony, the paper published the results of the 1939 Oscars along with a big, flashy photo spread. Oops. Now, the 1939 Oscars were huge, and not just for this insane leak. Best Picture nominees were incredible, including Wuthering Heights, The Wizard of Oz, Goodbye Mr. Chips, Gone with the Wind, and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Hattie McDaniel became the first African-American to win a Best Supporting Actress for her role in Gone with the Wind, and Judy Garland was officially introduced as Hollywood royalty when she won the Academy's Juvenile Award for The Wizard of Oz. Yes, there was a Juvenile Award. The Juvenile Award was the Oscar for Kid Actors that was given out on and off from 1934 to 1960. Only a dozen people ever took one home, including Shirley Temple, who won the very first Juvenile Award Oscar, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, and Haley Mills, who won the last one for her work in Pollyanna. Of course, the award was always a little weird, itself a half-sized Oscar replica, and in 1960, kid performers were officially integrated into the regular actor categories. I'd love to do an episode on discontinued Oscar categories. Maybe we'll do that one as the big day gets closer. But I digress. The 1939 Academy Awards was a big deal for a lot of reasons. The LA Times leaking this very important information being, of course, one of them. As the Oscars website says, this leak happened, quote, much to the Academy's dismay and made the results, quote, readily available to guests arriving for the event. Another reason this was such a big deal was not who was in the list of nominees, but in the years before, who wasn't. 
and the frustration around the Academy Awards basically being a kind of studio circle jerk, for lack of a better term. In an interview with Playboy published in July of 1982, Betty Davis adds that all of the studios used to divide the prizes up, really. They're much fairer today than they were. Are they Betty Davis? Again, a conversation for a different episode. In any case, the tensions between the Academy, studios, and talent around the inner workings of the Academy Awards really starts in the 1930s, when rumors circulated that Warner Brothers exec told Academy members not to nominate Betty Davis for Best Actress for her critically acclaimed role in Of Human Bondage, the film adaptation of the W. Somerset Maugham novel by, drumroll, Warner Brothers rival studio RKO. At the time, almost all successful actors were contracted to a studio, and Davis belonged to Warner Brothers. But surprise, surprise, a lot of the actors' relationships to their studios were less than ideal. In fact, often they felt more of a prison than a business relationship. In her memoir, A Lonely Life, Davis describes the early roles the studio gave her as, quote, horrors. So when she was approached by RKO with a meaty role in a classic film adaptation where she was the lead, she begged her exec at Warner Brothers, Jack Warner, to, quote, loan her out. Eventually, he said yes, quote, because she was driving him crazy, Monica Roxanne Sandler, author of an article on politics at the early Oscars, Sandler explains that it's thought that Warner relented as if to say, quote, you're not a big star, so go on, do this stupid film. It ended up being a great decision, as film scholars identify 1934's Of Human Bondage as Davis's breakout role. But of course, the subtext was that the headstrong Davis had kind of betrayed her home studio of Warner Brothers. Quote, it is an interesting fact that most people believe that Of Human Bondage was my first picture, although I had made 21 films before it, she writes in her memoir. Two years of posing as Miss Fourth of July and Little Miss Clothes Horse for the fan magazines. Two years of hard work and indignities and a rival studio, not Warner's, gave me my true beginning. The 26-year-old starred as the waitress turned prostitute Mil- The 26-year-old starred as the waitress-turned-sex worker Mildred Rogers, a role that Time described as notable for being, quote, in the first part she had ever had, which had required more than handsome clothes and an enigmatic expression, in its 1934 review. Life magazine called it, quote, probably the best performance ever recorded on screen by a U.S. actress. It truly canonized Davis as one of the greatest actors of her time and humiliated Jack Warner, who felt pressured to give her better roles even though what he really wanted to do was banish her to the sidelines. Based on the reviews, though, Davis seemed like a shoe-in for an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. Knowing the RKO Warner Brothers thing would be a thing, she even did her own PR to promote her role in the movie and publicly petitioned for her own Best Actress nomination. That outspokenness was also a part of who Davis was, and entertainment insiders didn't like how Davis made a real point. Talent didn't necessarily have to have any allegiances to a specific studio to make a good film. Her punishment for advancing her career and advocating for herself? Betty Davis didn't get an Oscar nomination, which the public hated. One article in Photoplay, one of the first U.S. fan magazines, quoted a postman as saying, quote, My son and I have been talking about this Academy passing up Betty Davis. It's a darn outrage. And I think Photoplay, and I think Photoplay ought to give him the devil. American actor Joan Blondell reflected on this point in time as well. Quote, when they left Betty out, we all began taking a closer look and decided, hey, something's rotten in Beverly Hills. The Academy believes that this uproar marked the first time that there had ever been such a negative reaction to their selections. Rumors started spreading that producers had interfered, which they had, and got actors even more fired up to unionize. Davis herself joined in on the cries of conspiracy, which were dosed with a healthy amount of PR by Davis's own publicist. Quote, my bosses helped them by sending instructions to all their personnel to vote for somebody else, David said in her memoir. 
My failure to receive the award created such a scandal that gave me more publicity than if I had won it. Syndicated columnists spread the word, foul, and the public stood behind me like an army. Not since that decision in 1934 was so cavalier a verdict allowed to take place. Price Waterhouse was asked to step in the next year to count the votes, which they have done ever since. That's right. In 1935, the Academy ordered an outside firm to count the votes, instead of what was happening, votes being counted internally by people who were involved with the Academy, friends, producers, associates, producers. But five years later, the Academy would be embroiled in yet another scandal and needed a bit more safety and secrecy in their Academy counts and announcements. More after the break. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi, hello. How's it going? Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? You doing good out there? You doing very good or just really good? Or just good-ish? Hey, just have the day you're going to (laughs) have. Oh. Nah. Nah, don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do nah. it. Don't do it. Just fight. Just put on a brave face and just smile through the tears. Ah. Uh, ah. Smile though your heart is breaking. Is that the song? We're going to get sued. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's publicity, so not bad. Oh. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, supporting us, spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Hello, hello, hello. We're so very thankful. Thank you. And to those of you that have shared and either liked or comment or shared or engage with our new Instagram and or TikTok posts. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's just at ghost town pod at both of them. Mm-hmm. It it's helps. Easy. You're like, how can I help that? It doesn't take any time. And I, I can be pretty much totally zoned out. It's that. Yeah. You can do that. We'd really appreciate it. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And we have a response uh, about the jarts video that I want to share. Too, okay. We'll talk friend. about that. Yeah. So a little bit about the jarts, mm-hmm. but we must we must pay tribute mm-hmm. to the government that keeps us running. That's right. Running on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Running and running and catching and going and sweating and what's next? Sitting. Death? Eating. And sitting and <laughs> yeah. eating and sitting and eating. Mm. We got a little award ceremony of our own. Mm-hmm. The ghost town government, the mayor's category. Oh, yeah. This is a competitive category. Winner for best separating their recyclables. <laughs> with their regular garbage and really putting the time in. Nice. Not just being like, eh, whatever. You're an artist. The earth appreciates it. And you're the winner. And the winner is Ashley Matson. Hello. For the person who made their travel water jug or mug or cup part of their personality. Nice. The one who did it the best. The one who really said, hey, look at my big cup. <laughs> 
<laughs> it keeps the hot hot, the cold cold. The winner is Kat Jozel. Hello. And the winner for buying a bread maker during <laughs> the pandemic and actually still making the bread. Wow. A lot of people fell off. Not you. Not this one. The winner is Kelly Meehan. Hello. And the winner for somebody when they say, I'm reading a book, they are actually reading a book, not just listening to an audiobook on a Peloton, <laughs> which is most of the time if you wait long enough, mm -hmm. you find out they're not, nobody's actually reading a book and then you feel bad that you don't read books for nothing because they're mm -hmm. just like essentially listening to a podcast. It's just somebody talking the book. <laughs> actually following through and reading the book. Whoa. Casey Weber. Hello. And the winner for best dressed in what I personally imagine this person dresses like me personally, Jason Horton. <laughs> Not knowing how this person dresses at all, mm -hmm, but I'm going to assume he doesn't wear the clothes. The clothes wear him. Mm -hmm. Matthew Clemens Larey. Sorry. Very specific. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough category. Yeah, it's very tough. A weird win. This one's a controversial one. Uh-oh. People are- Snubbed. Not, a lot of snubs. This is our Barbie. The winner for the person who will brag that they're good at math. <laughs> oh, I'm good at math. And it's like, great. Why are you working that into a conversation? <laughs> wow. I guess I'm hoping that most people are bad at math. Yeah. They're like, I'm good at math. And they are, I suppose. Nobody, nobody checks them on it. Yeah. There's Why no test. They? How Why? could they? They're yeah. worse at him than math, probably. The winner is that very long, Suspense. highly Jesus. contested okay. category okay. is Emma Hopkins. Hello. And the winner for best listener during any random episode of Ghost Town. <laughs> best listener. Best. That's a great one. That's a great one. Best That's listener. That's we all should strive to have. Specifically and for Ghost Town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just listening ears. The best just on. Present. You're just present with us. So present. Not mm -hmm. scrolling through something else, no, thinking no, about no. that other podcast. Mm -hmm. That's better. <laughs> That's less rambling. Mm. More concise. Ugh. Actually has content. Okay. The winner is Marissa Rothermel. Hello. And the next category is for the governor. There were many contestants. They all suspiciously went missing mm -mm. as if this person had influence to make them go missing. Mm -mm. They just stopped showing up at places to show up at. <laughs> wow. Uncontested winner. And when questioned on it was always in a different time zone, always in a different continent in the skies. Mm, interesting. No comment. Lawyered up the whole time. Team of lawyers. That would be the winner for Best person to make people disappear when you're going to win anyway. You don't have to make them disappear. You're the shoe in because you're already the governor. Is our governor, Avian Noble. Noble. No ads, no chit chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff, seven days free. Head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. So I had an old friend named Pete respond to our video about jarts. Again, thank you very much for any type of engagement. We will take it. We accept it. We love it, obviously. He said this about darts. Darts is so much fun and so deadly. I think my friend from home still has his. We would do long-distance darts in the park, throw them like 200 feet. It's amazing we never killed anyone. And he said, we'd set up targets of the lower part, climb up, and let them rip. We typically didn't throw them directly at one another, but too close for safety. 
So he's really commenting on the American experience of jarts. I like getting the in the field, in depth, experiential evidence that these things were fucking awful for you. So thank you so much, Pete, for messaging me. Since we're handing out thank yous, we have an Apple podcast review. <gasps> it's been a while. Oh, been a long, long while. But we appreciate it. If you haven't rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere, let us know. Now's the time. Now's the time. It's a new year. The time is now. Do it. I love you too. Heart emoji. Mm. Five stars. I discovered your podcast a couple of months ago and I've binged about two thirds of the episode so far. Holy shit. I work as a driver and I basically listen to you guys all day. And she doesn't call it a book. Oh. Great. <laughs> Especially in the freezing winter, your interesting topics and amazing chemistry and banter distract and entertain me endlessly. Rebecca, you're damn funny, and I can tell you both have huge hearts. Mm. We both have two mediums, right? Medium yeah, hearts, medium. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, I'd say medium, though. I'd say okay, large. Yeah, medium. yeah, medium, medium. Jason does yeah, when yeah. he edits this thing. Um, that's really nice. Thank you. It's not done yet. Oh, it's not done yet? <laughs> Keep going. You don't want to hear the rest. That's fine. No, I do. Of course I do. This is where she ranks us hot or not. Oh, nice. I'm kidding. My favorite episodes are the ones where you lose it laughing, most notably Jason while describing the bumper carts in Action Park and Rebecca repeatedly during the Noid episode. Two classics, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You want to go back two to classics. two, uh, two uh, mm -hmm. of my favorites? Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Th these two are very keen observation. Mm -hmm. Please never stop making this podcast oh. or else. And then, <laughs> or it was, else? then there's like a knife and a skull. No. Oh, nice. It makes my day every day. And that is Fizzy Drink 86 in Canada. Amazing. Oh, my God. How's that? We haven't gotten one in a while, and that was a nice one. Now, you say we have huge hearts, but they get ice cold when we announce <laughs> something else that we're doing. That's right. Um, already had enough of this? Too bad there's more. So much more. We have a new podcast. <laughs> now, it's not going to be as involved as Ghost Town. Mm-mm. Ghost towns are, we're married to ghost town, but yeah. this one's a sexy it's a little, mistress. It's a little flang. You know, just a little something, darling. Can you guess what it is? Bet you can't. <laughs> it's pretty far off from what we do here. But it still has the same dark tone. Yes. And it's really uh, of a time and place in Los Angeles, oh, yeah. which is also very much what we do here. But it is a little different. It's a departure it's called Vanderpodcalypse Now, and it is a Bravo Vanderpump Rules comedy recap podcast and culture commentary experience. We are super excited. It's definitely a different speed. If you like uh, our rapport here, if you like it's just the us back and forth, there's no the information is minimal. I mean, it's not minimal. There's a lot of information, but it's. It's pretty much what we do during these breaks, but we have a point. Yeah, we, we have a, a slight structure. It's not as hard and fast as a lot of the content we do on here. It is more conversational. It's more casual, very passionate, I will say, because we both feel pretty passionately yeah. about this. We don't always agree. No, a lot of the times we don't. But we also are in the orbit of this world. So and I think we that know people yeah. in that orbit. Many podcasts do a really great job talking about things. But we just from living in Los Angeles and mm -hmm. just knowing people. Yeah. We got a couple of inside connections, and I think that's oh, what'll it'll it'll kind of set us in, like maybe a slightly different than some of the other ones. So if yeah. you love Bravo and you love especially Vanderpump Rules, and you love our nasally voices, yeah. oh boy, you're gonna love. Oh, this. and you love and you love Apocalypse <laughs> Now, Vietnam reference, <laughs> yeah. war references. 
It's uh, it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. If that small cross section of overlap <laughs> is you, oh baby, you're and gonna like this. You can find Vanderpodclips now wherever you listen to podcasts, and put a link in the show notes. You can just click on it. Mm-hmm. If you want to give that five stars, please, and not even listen, we don't care. Yeah. We're soulless. Oh, that's right. There's nothing behind these dead oh, eyes. Oh, that's right, except uh, visions of reality stars yes. and weird L.A. history tidbits. It is. We do. We Support kinda, us. It, it's a little bit of a cultural, because the show's been on for over 10 years, mm-hmm. so we kind of go through our own kind of experience in L.A. a little bit and how much it's changed, yeah. too. So it there is a little bit of crossover. Definitely. And definitely the tone is somewhat similar too so yeah i think you will like it but again we're just excited to do something a little bit different to clog your feed and when we're on vanderpocalypse now we're gonna be talking about ghost town we already have been yeah so we're gonna be telling people hey you like hearing about you want to hear about the noid you want to hear about action park they're gonna be like no yeah why would we i'm like hello fizzy drinks 86 Really like those episodes, so maybe you might want to check them out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So join us again, Vanderpodcalypse Now. We are dropping our first episode today, literally as you listen see. to this. There are episodes before that to kind of lead up to it, the road to episode one. That's right. That's right. So there's a couple episodes to listen to if you want to, you know, kind of get warmed up. Mm-hmm. Get the hype going. You can, but our first uh, major episode, our kind of our first recap will be out today, is out today. So please check us out. We so appreciate your support. We think you'll like this too, maybe, or not. And that's fine too. Yeah. Help. Okay, you want to go from one thing that's vapid to another thing that's vapid? Absolutely. Let's get back to 1935, where Betty Davis does get an Oscar nomination for the Warner Brothers home studio picture, Dangerous, at the Academy Awards, of course, but she is not happy. She sees it as a consolation prize, as the movie was a flop and Davis was desperately trying to get out of her Warner Brothers contract. As a sign of protest, Davis intentionally wore an unflattering dress that resembled a domestic uniform, which is great commentary. Male winners like John Ford and Dudley Nichols also protested that year as part of their union's push for fairer contracts. Five years later, the L.A. Times majorly dropped the ball, like we talked about earlier in the episode, and the Academy realized that it needed to keep the winners under lock and key and instituted the now-famous secret envelope system. The envelopes were added to the secret outside firm vote count, and Price Waterhouse, which merged into Price Waterhouse Coopers, continued to count the many ballots and votes and actually continues to do that to this day. Eventually, though, Davis would get a little bit of revenge over those who snubbed her at Warner Brothers and the Academy. In 1941, at just 33 years old, Davis became the Academy's first female president, though her brief stint as president was fairly controversial. Columnist Hedda Hopper cheered, quote, if any woman here deserves that job, it's Betty. Davis later wrote, quote, I never imagined I would hold this most exalted post. As the only woman so honored, I was frankly proud. But it was just this pride that shortened the tenure of my office. Davis had never served the organization in any official capacity, served for a couple of months, and resigned, realizing that she was merely a figurehead and couldn't really change the way the Oscars were running. But the envelope and voting outlasted Davis, and lasts again to this day. Iconic as it might be, the Oscar Awards envelope remained nothing more than a generic white envelope for the first eight decades of the Academy. For the 83rd annual Academy Awards, all of that changed. At his suggestion, the awards committee decided to raise the envelope's profile, asking Mark Friedland, founder and creative director of LA's Mark Friedland Couture Communications, 
to design the Art Deco-inspired envelope, card, and type. Inside the envelope, an ecru, kind of a fancy pink, says the name of each award category. The card itself has a gold embossed message showing the Oscar statuette, along with the phrase, and the Oscar goes to. The winner's name is printed in charcoal ink and mounted onto a matching hand-wrapped red lacquer frame. It is pretty fancy. So how do Oscar winner tabulations actually work? It's pretty serious business. PricewaterhouseCoopers flies in, and actually, since 2005, up until a couple years ago, the same two people have been in charge of handling the final tallies and guarding the winners' names, Rick Rosas and Brad Altmans, also known as, quote, the men with the briefcases on the red carpet. Quote, we get a lot of lighthearted kidding questioning during Oscar season from different people that we talk to in our daily job, friends and family, noted Altmans. But people know that this is something that Rick and I take very seriously. I've never once been concerned at all about the security being compromised. According to the site letterjacketenvelopes.com, quote, to preserve the identity of the winners, the mailed-in member votes are tallied in small groups so that no one worker can determine the outcome. The designated two people in charge then assemble the final count. Winners are handwritten on cards in a secret location and then placed in the sealed Oscars envelopes, which are then put under tight lock and key until the day of the ceremony. The two men who hand out the awards to presenters have even assigned themselves a respective wing backstage. We are superstitious, so we stand on the same side every year, PricewaterhouseCoopers Rick Roses told ABC News. However, most of their practices have little to do with the superstition and more to do with keeping the official winner names away from prying eyes until the night of the ceremony. As awards presenters enter the stage, they receive the sealed envelopes and legitimately discover the winner's identity for the first time as they tear open the seal. As such, their surprises are ge- as such, their reactions are genuine, as are the actual winners that they announce. I know what you're thinking. I remember the Moonlight La La Land scandal of 2017. If this process is so buttoned up, what happened there? Well, even well-oiled machines sometimes break. At the 2017 Academy Awards, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway were presenting Best Picture, but when Beatty opened the envelope, he paused for a long few seconds. He looked at Dunaway, puzzled. She took the envelope and read it. La La Land. Up came the cast and crew, ready to make their speeches, obviously very humbled, excited. But then a representative from PricewaterhouseCoopers ran on stage saying he took the wrong envelope. He took the wrong envelope. Chaos abounded, as I'm sure, again, you remember. To this day, no one knows exactly how Beatty got the best actress envelope instead of the best picture envelope. While the secret is then out to the winners, for better or, in 2017, for worse, the two Academy tabulators still retain other information that they must take to their graves, namely the people who almost won. Quote, every single year there are close races, and Rick and I count, recount, count, recount again, just to be sure that we've got it dead accurate, Oltmans confessed. With a twinkle in his eye, Roses added, quote, the runner-up will never know. Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.